Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to hop on here. I know I don't really do um, kind of intros like this normally, but uh, this episode that we are about to listen to is a trigger warning for anyone who has had some infant loss or um, a child that has maybe passed away from SIDS. Um, We talk about both of those things, um, obviously in a beautiful way um, and bringing light to the situation that occurred. But I just wanted to do a little intro in case this is something that you can't listen to, you might want to skip this episode. Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am Jen, the host and creator of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Cindy Montato. Hopefully, I didn't butcher your last name, Cindy. Nope, that's totally perfect. <laughs> so she is the owner of Your Little Dove, which is actually a small shop that is located in Boise, Idaho, and sells the most adorable, eco-friendly toys and things to kind of keep your child's brain in check. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Amazing. First of all, how's the weather in Boise? Is it beautiful? Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. May in Boise is, I think, my favorite time of year, other than October when the leaves start to turn. Yeah. Because um, we're the city of trees. So everything is green. The weather is like 75 degrees. It's sunny. The skies are blue. The birds are chirping. It's so beautiful. Amazing. And you're inside talking to me. How unlucky are you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would be on my front porch, but we live on a little bit of a busy street. So. Yeah it would just be too much traffic and noise. And that's totally fair. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that you're able to join us. So why don't you kind of start off by telling everybody who you are and what you do right now? Yeah. So, um, I am the owner and founder of Your Little Dove, and we are an heirloom, childhood heirloom boutique. So we carry um, a variety of children's goods, clothing, toys, um, feeding items, with the intention of everything being functional, used, loved, and then passed down through the generations. So um, I have my background in psychology. I have a bachelor's degree from Boise State University. um, And my area of emphasis was in child development. So I knew from a very young age that I always wanted to somehow be directly working with children. Um, My parents owned a in-home daycare. So I literally grew up with that. And my mom has her master's in early childhood education. So I would watch the magic that she would create in our, you know, in our home and all of these children were absorbing it and learning from it. And I just knew that that was something I wanted to do. Um, but I didn't necessarily want to go into teaching because that's a whole different, that takes a very special person um, (laughs) with a lot of patience. And my patience is pretty good, but I don't know if I could do it, you know, with four-year-olds all day long. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I started Your Little Dove in 2018 and it's been the most amazing, beautiful ride of my life. Um, it's being a small business owner is 
so phenomenal. I never want to work for anyone other than myself ever again. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Exactly. But um, it's amazing to be able to watch my customers have a little bit of that magic with their own kids mm -hmm. um, and be, you know, a little somewhat responsible for it. It's really special. Totally. Um, do you want to kind of go into what made you start your little love? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had been working for another shop local to me um, after having my son. And in August of 2018, um, I had a miscarriage and we lost that baby. Um, and it was probably the most devastating thing I've ever experienced in my life mm -hmm. ever. So, um, while it's, it's, it's kind of a crazy story. So potential trigger warning, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but my, a friend of mine, when we were both pregnant, um, my son is now almost three. Um, and we were pregnant with our boys at the same time. And we both had hyperemesis, um, which is another thing I'm super passionate about, but we both had hyperemesis with our pregnancies. And so we were, you know, leaning on each other for support through the pregnancies and, and through the HG. And her son ended up, um, we lost him to SIDS when he was eight months old. Oh my gosh. And it was so awful. Um, and so I had planned to go to his first birthday party, um, which is something you never want to do for a child that's no longer um, with us. Mm -hmm. And the day before his first birthday party, I started miscarrying. Oh my gosh. And I did not want to go. I did not want to go. I didn't want to be with people. I wanted to grieve and <laughs> going to a birthday party for, you know, a child that's no longer Earthside. Yeah. Is the worst place you want to be, you know? Um, and so my husband told me that I needed to go, um, that if it were my child, I wouldn't want people to not be there uh -huh. and that I needed to just set it aside and just go. And so I loaded my son up in the car and I'm driving down there and it was raining. Um, and I'm just sobbing in the car. Uh -huh. Um, and I was driving down the road and all of a sudden we passed this street called Dove Lane. Uh -huh. And mind you, the baby that we had lost, um, we would have named her Paloma, uh -huh. which means dove in Spanish. So um, I passed this street called Dove Lane and just felt one of those moments where the world just stopped. Uh -huh. um, and I just felt this sense of overwhelming peace hmm. and um I made it through the party and I didn't cry and I felt like I had been rejuvenated like strengthened and um it it was really like a special kind of life-altering moment for me so after that happened, pretty much every day I started seeing doves in my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would see them, you know, unpacking inventory at work. They would be on clothing or there would be rainbows, um, which are symbolic for infant loss. Um, And I would see them flying overhead or they would be perched on, you know, a tree in my backyard. And it was really in moments where I needed, I needed that peace Mm -hmm. because I was feeling so broken and um, was hurting. And so a few months later, I decided to open Your Little Dove as a way to cope with that grief. Uh And it's really in so many ways become the baby that I lost. Um, And it's tangible. And the message has really spoken to a lot of people. Um, I get messages and emails every single day from mothers sharing their stories about how they have losses or, you know, telling me that they're pregnant with a rainbow baby and they wanted me to know or, um, you know, telling me how my story has inspired them and has given them hope. And that is so powerful. Um, and really therapeutic in, in my own grief. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Wow. What an incredible story. Um, <laughs> Sorry, there- I know. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a big, it's a big, you know what though? It's, uh, I swear powerful. that like the things aligned for us to connect because I've been following, I followed two specific women that just kind of like came up into my Instagram feed. I want to say like before Christmas and um, they both ended up losing a son, one to cancer and one to SIDS. And uh, it broke my heart and, and just makes you snuggle your little ones so much more, I think than you normally would. Um, that is an incredible story and obviously heartbreaking, but I think that when you are in a dark phase like that, you take what you can take out of it and you try to spin it into a positive. I know that one of the women that I follow, um, lost her son to SIDS, um, and her son was actually about the same age as my little guy. And, um, it just broke my heart. And instead she's now taken that obvious heartbreak And they actually donated all of his organs and to go through that now, now she is a huge advocate for organ donation and, and blood donation and all of those things. And I think she gets DMs every day and she's, you know, like people saying we signed up to be an organ donor, like how incredible to, to twist something so horrible and painful and turn it into such a positive thing. It really is. It really, really is. And one of one of the biggest things that my friend had told me, um, you know, when, when she lost her son was that she was worried he was going to be forgotten. Um, and then no one, Oh, I don't want to get emotional. Oh, God. oh absolutely. <sighs> that no one would remember him. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. <laughs> But it is, it's a part of my story. Mm-hmm. And so being able to talk about him mm-hmm. um, ensures that he's not forgotten. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's an honor to be able to 
speak about his life Absolutely. Um, and have it be a, a part of my story. It's, it's really special because had you not been going to honor his life, you might not have seen the sign. You might not have seen the drops. Yeah. Right. No, I agree that everything happens for a reason as cliche as that sounds. Um, what was his name? His name was Mason. Aww. And how old would he have been now? He and my son um, were, so we were due three weeks apart, but he was born early and my son was born late. So he would have been three in August. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Well, we are thinking of sweet Mason and I think that, yeah, like he's, he's a part of your story. And I think it's incredible that you can honor him every single time you tell this story. Yeah. It's really, it really is special. Do you have any kind of product that maybe reminds you of Mason? Oh, definitely. We have a lot of rainbow products um, in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and rainbows are so special because they are so symbolic of hope and, and promise and, and peace. Um, and seeing beauty out of something, you know, so painful and ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have lots of rainbow products in the shop. Um, and it's it's something that is so, you know, it, it speaks to so many people. Um, yeah. So it is a more symbolic symbol than, than right. for infant loss for sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, okay. So now that we're, we've gotten our cries out. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no like, gosh. I'm you're not a slightly, slightly hormonal. May is like a very emotional month for me. So Absolutely. it's, um, yeah, our baby would have turned one this month. So I've like, I've been like on the borderline of like crying pretty much the whole, like the whole month of May so far. So it's, <laughs> I'm so That's sorry. That is fair. Do not apologize. Um, <laughs> no. And May obviously is also, um, May 14th, you said is hyper. And hopefully I do not butcher this, but hypermesis gravidarum. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So oh. hypermesis gravidarum, um, is, uh, a pregnancy condition um, where the woman suffers from debilitating, um, vomiting, nausea, mm-hmm. um, and all of the you know spiraled consequences of having such severe vomiting. So um, it can be, you know, you can have really horrible. Um, dental issues as a result. You can have really low blood pressure. Um, you can be completely dehydrated and depleted of nutrients that require, um, several IV infusions. Um, you can lose up to, well, the, the minimum amount of weight loss for a diagnosis is at least 15% of your body weight. Um, and it's been, a little more um, well known because Princess Kate has had the disease three times. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are kind of starting to hear about it a little bit more, but it is, it's funny because I hear a lot of the time that people compare it to like morning sickness on steroids. Mm. But like it's really like comparing, you know, a gentle spring rain to like a category five hurricane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, um, absolutely. Yeah. So we, at your little dove, um, are 
Her Foundation business partners. So the Her Foundation is the only nonprofit leading researcher in hyperemesis, um, all things hyperemesis really. So they provide resources to families that are affected by the disease. They are doing top research um, to figure out, you know, they've just recently isolated a gene that has been linked to having HG. Um, they have recently worked with UCLA and the UCLA health team to develop an app to track your symptoms, track your medication. Um, it notifies you if you need to change your IV dressing. Um, it is just a place to kind of consolidate all of your symptoms to provide it to your medical provider um, so that everyone is on the same page. And it's such an amazing tool. Um, and so we donate during the month of May 10% of all of our sales to the Her Foundation directly. Mm -hmm. um, and on May 15th, we're donating 100% of our sales to the Her Foundation. That's amazing. And so this app yeah. is fully funded from the Her Foundation? From the Her Foundation and UCLA Health. Amazing. That is so incredible. Um, do you want to talk maybe a little bit more about hypermesis and just like the symptoms that most people have besides obviously the profuse vomiting? Yeah. So um, I would say the, that's obviously the biggest symptom. Mm -hmm. um, and next would be unrelenting nausea. So I've heard from so many moms um, who have had HG who are still medicated. Mm -hmm. So they're taking um, anti-emetics or anti-nausea medications, um, and that will take away the physical urge from getting sick, but they still feel nauseous. And that was a symptom I experienced pretty much my entire second trimester. I wasn't getting sick as often, mm -hmm. um, but I felt like I was going to get sick at any point in time. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been like nauseous for, you know, more than 24 hours straight mm. um, without being able to throw up for like relief, but it is the worst feeling <laughs> pretty much wow. ever. Um, and so that is a huge symptom. Um, and a lot of people assume that if you're not throwing up that you don't have HG, but that's not necessarily true. Um you can still experience 15% body loss or body weight loss because you can't eat because you're so nauseous, mm -hmm. um, which then, you know, can deplete all of your, your vital nutrients um, because you're not able to reconsume them. So your body is digging into its stores to pull when it needs to grow a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, the biggest effects that it has had on my life, even after having it, I've had three HD pregnancies, but just one viable one, mm -hmm. um, has honestly been with my teeth. Um, mm -hmm. I have now incredibly, incredibly sensitive teeth because of how much I was throwing up. Mm -hmm. Um, I have hardly any enamel left on the back of my teeth. Sometimes it feels like they just crumble. Um, if I eat the wrong thing or, um, they are so sensitive. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I can't eat cold things <laughs> and I get like teased quite a bit from like friends and family. Um, because I like, I can't drink cold water, mm. um, because it's just so painful on my teeth. And you so, can't build that, can you? No. Um, like I've, I've done, you know, some like 
rinses and use special toothpaste and things like that. But there's not really a whole lot you can do. Um, So I just try to limit things, limit exposure to things that cause me discomfort or pain. Um, which doesn't help because I'm a huge coffee addict. (laughs) So it definitely doesn't help. Um, I try to limit it though. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild, wild ride. And I remember, um, when I was pregnant with my son, people would tell me all the time, like, oh, you're going to forget this. Like the minute he's born, everything you've gone through is just going to be a distant memory and mm-hmm. you're not going to remember. And I remember like just thinking like how ignorant. Yeah, of course I'm going to remember. This is a trauma. This is a trauma to my mental health in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a promise to myself, you know, as soon as I had my son um, that I was never going to forget. And so when... I approached the Her Foundation to become a business partner. They were just kind of like, this is really interesting. Like, it's really interesting that that this little tiny shop would want to work with us. Um, and I just, you know, told them how much the foundation had saved my life with resources and me, you know, being able to send articles to our friends and family who didn't understand what mm-hmm. HG was or how severe it was um, and how it was really instrumental in my ability to stay positive, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I say that lightly because it was, it's a very, very difficult, dark thing to go through when you're pregnant. Um, but... I'm so grateful that they have been so receptive and so willing to work with us. Um, and we've been able to raise a lot of money um, for hyperemesis research. Amazing. Um, is it genetic? So it's interesting because they have been able to isolate this gene. Um, but that, that obviously everyone has, but there's like a mutation on the gene that is not genetic I don't I don't think um and it's so interesting because when we found that out that's like fair it's fairly new research within the last two or three years um but when I first got the diagnosis um the doctor who diagnosed me actually had it Mm -hmm. um and so she you know told us um to kind of gauge our families and see if anyone had experienced anything similar or had received a diagnosis. And so we had asked both of our moms, neither one of our moms even had morning sickness um, or claimed to have morning sickness with any of their pregnancies. Um, And I spoke to my grandmother about it and she said that she was hospitalized several times only with her boys, but not with her girls. Mm. Um, and I thought that was interesting. So I, I think it definitely, and, and it's another thing too, that they say, typically if you've had it once, you'll have it with every consecutive pregnancy and it will worsen. Mm. Um, and kind of a common, a common thing that people say is that it's like being allergic to being pregnant. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a really, 
really interesting phenomenon. And right now, you know, there's no cure other than to treat symptoms, um, which, you know, a lot of the treatments out there cause other symptoms. For sure. Um, that's All not while carrying a baby, which is dangerous in right. itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, is there any correlation to like early birth with that? Like because of the stress that you're under? Um, there can be, um, yeah, there definitely can be. Um, I personally had, was in preterm labor with my son starting at week 14. We almost lost him at 23 weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I had to have an emergency surclage placed at 23 weeks, Um, and then we also, we had it removed at 35 weeks and then my cervix didn't want to dilate, (laughs) go figure. (laughs) Um, And he was, ended up being born late, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing, but, um, they, they definitely, um, I actually don't know off the top of my head what the statistical average is, um, for like term birth. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure that that information is on the Her Foundation website. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I am a photographer. Like that is my full-time job. Um, and I actually do newborn photography. So the amount of clients that I've actually had that like when I do their maternity photos, um, they have HG. And yeah, so um, a lot of them. And again, I feel like it's something that isn't taken very seriously by society. Like the women that have it for sure. And their spouses for sure. Um, but other people just might think that someone's exaggerating something, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Or being, being dramatic. Or... And so maybe you see them in a month and they've actually lost weight while carrying a baby. And you're like, okay, maybe, maybe she's not lying or maybe she's not exaggerating, which is so sad to me that that's where things are at. Um, but it's a real thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I there are moms out there who can't even attend their own baby showers. Yeah. Um, because they just throw up over and over and over and over again. And um I remember my first trimester and my third trimester were the worst, but um I was telling a friend recently that you know, during my first trimester, I don't think I ate more than a box of cereal. And like a handful of green grapes the entire time I was pregnant. I think I had Taco Bell one time after an IV infusion and that was it. Um, and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I'm, I'm not exaggerating and I'm not, you know, I lost, I I'm pretty small. Um, Mm -hmm. I weigh like 105 pounds, but I, when I got diagnosed with HG, um, at seven and a half weeks or so, I, when they weighed me, I was 89 pounds. Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, that night, um, I had four bags of saline. Like they just, they just kept like the, the drain would just like, they would just like completely drain out. And then they'd be like, uh, that was really fast. Okay. Let's do yeah. another one. And then it would completely drain. And they'd be like, uh, okay, well let's do another one. Yeah. Um, and it's so sad to have people um, just assume that you're being dramatic or exaggerating um, or don't take you seriously unless they physically see you get sick. Um, it's, it's so awful. Um, Cause I don't think you can, I don't think you can exaggerate that 
I mean, and I don't know why you would want to or why you would. Pregnancy is supposed to be this like amazing thing that, you know, you're supposed to enjoy and, and cherish and treasure. I don't know why you would want to make it a negative experience just no. for the sake of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that whole, that whole idea just is so silly to me, but it's definitely true that it's just, it's just not taken seriously and it should be because it's serious. Absolutely. Um, I think it is incredible that you can take a little shop and be a part of such a really big movement and big foundation. It's just an incredible, incredible thing. Um, so obviously you have a niche market and you've explained how your little dove kind of came to be. Um, how did you kind of come into the niche of what you sell? Yeah. So, um, I, my mother-in-law saved everything from my husband's childhood and her own. I, I kid you not literally everything we have like all the clothing, all the toys, all the cloth diapers. Like, I mean, literally everything. And so as my son would get up into the next size of things, she would bring over, you know, that next size up and we would have new clothing or new books. And a lot of the stuff I found was very, very timeless, um, made really well and um, still kind of relevant um, to today's style and kind of this whole vision of in embracing that like simplistic, um, timeless childhood magic that I had grown up with in, you know, my parents' daycare mm -hmm. was something I really wanted to embrace for my child and kind of create this environment for him where you couldn't necessarily tell if it was 1990 or 1970 or 1900, mm -hmm. but it was still very relevant. Um, and so I started looking on the market um, for pieces that spoke to me in that way. And it was really difficult to find them all in one place. Um, yeah. And so, you know, after my miscarriage, I really started trying to find ways to distract myself because I wasn't working um, and just decided, you know what, like I can do this. I can totally create this that doesn't exist. Um, and I want this for other people because if I'm wanting this for myself, I mean, other people must be wanting it too. Um, and I already had the experience of, you know, essentially running a shop. And so I figured why not? And it was a really amazing, tangible distraction. Um, yeah. That really has resonated with people. Mm -hmm. And giving them products that are useful and helpful and kind of knowing that you're bringing a smile to another kid's face. Totally. And not just that, but it's, it's so instrumental for the makers of these products too. Um, you know, by me purchasing their products, they're able to feed their families. They're able to grow their own businesses. And so it works. It's a total mutual gains situation for everyone. It just works. Totally. Um, and so where do you kind of sell the majority of your stuff? Is it within the U S is it in Canada? 
It's so interesting um, because I just recently looked at my analytics. The number one state that I have the most orders going out to, you'll never believe it, it's just so random, <laughs> is Kansas. Really? Isn't that bizarre? That is bizarre. Like, it's, just, it's just something you wouldn't think of. No um, Yeah, so Kansas and then obviously Idaho um, because that's where we're based. Yeah. Um, and then we do a lot to California, a lot to Arizona, Washington, Oregon, mm-hmm. um, Utah, Colorado, pretty much kind of the entire Pacific Northwest and Rockies. And then a lot like very concentrated on the East Coast. Um, so like New England area, New mm-hmm. York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, Maine. Um, and then our number one exported country is Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also do a lot of business within the UK. Amazing. That is so amazing. And so you started it when in 2018? So we established in November of 2018 and I spent that whole kind of holiday season, you know, getting all my accounts, inventory, setting up the website, doing kind of all the back work, getting all the Uh paperwork in order. Um, and then we officially launched in February of 2019. Amazing. So just over a year. Yep. I think we're at like 14 or 15 months, something yeah. like that. Oh my goodness. Well, that is amazing that you guys have grown that much. Um, it's been, it's been unbelievable. Like the amount of growth is so, has been so exponential. Um, like from last year, we're up like 1300%. That is it's, it's actually crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Well, obviously I know that you have grown a ton on social media. Um, I know you have a really good following on there. Um, what would you say has kind of been your best successes and failures on, let's just say Instagram, because that, that's the app to be on, obviously. Yes. Um, failures. It's really hard because some of them have been successes in a way, but for the most part, I would say working with influencers has not been very successful. Um, and it's so interesting because I know that, you know, paid advertising and paid marketing through influencers is a huge thing right now. People are making, you know, several hundred thousand dollars on one post. Uh Um, but for me just being such a small business, um, it just hasn't been very effective. Um, some of it has, I mean, there's a few influencers that have generated sales or, you know, spread the word about certain things, but primarily that has not been successful for me. Um, and the biggest success I would say, um, has actually been working directly or communicating directly with other small shops, Mm -hmm. um, within my niche market. Um, just because when you, when you're a small business owner in a niche market, there's a lot of competition. Um, and there's a lot of, um, people unwilling to share experiences or information, Uh um, because they feel like they need to protect what they've created. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there really isn't this, there really isn't a big community of small shops that, you know, are working together for the greater good, which is the customer, right? Um, And so I've found a small group of small shop owners 
We talk every single day. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I would even consider them to be some of my greatest friends. And, you know, we just share information and we share experiences or get each other's opinions. Like, hey, I have this situation. How would you guys handle this? Yeah. Or um, do you guys think that this is too much inventory for me to order? Is What, what number do you think would be appropriate? Yeah. Um, and it has been instrumental in the success of the business. I mean, like completely, completely game-changing. 100%. And are they in the same, like, did they sell the same products that you do or a just- lot of it? Yeah. A lot of us do sell the same products, but I think what's interesting, um, is that we each make it our own, you know, we each are able to take the same thing, but it's so different within the context of each one of our shops. Yeah. Um, and when you can, when you can kind of create a different environment or spin around the exact same thing and still appeal to, you know, all these different customers, it, it kind of works. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest success. The other huge success for us has been giveaways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some of them are not, I mean, it's kind of always up in the air. The Instagram algorithm is like, oh, yeah. it's like a love, hate, a love, hate relationship, <laughs> but, um, they've been really successful. Um, especially in kind of growing our following. Yeah. Um, but then also I think, just being like my genuine self. Totally. Um, I get seriously so many messages about people who are from people who say like, I just, I love watching your videos. I love watching your stories. Like I wish we could hang out. Like it's like talking to a girlfriend. It's so fun. And because I don't have a physical storefront, um, you know, it's my only way to actually engage and interact with my customers. And so, um, I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, obviously my customers are enjoying it too. So it works really well. Oh, for sure. And stories are a really good way to pull back the curtain and totally. see kind of what the ins and outs are of the business. I know that with my photography, um, people love seeing the behind the scenes stuff and, and things like that. I mean, obviously there's not a whole lot going on right now <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I truly feel like, yeah, it's community over competition as cliche as that sounds, but it's yeah. not doable in a lot of aspects of business because people just cannot get over the fact that there is enough customer to go around for everyone. Right. I really believe that there's space for everyone. There's space for everyone. Um, and there's no, there's no reason or need to, you know, be closed off or be nasty or be, you know, yeah, no, whatever. I, I, um, and it, it, it makes me sad when other businesses kind of operate that way because ultimately like we're here for accessibility. Like we're here to provide products to the consumer and isn't the whole point to make things more accessible to the customer um, that they wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be in the first place. Um, and so we're kind of like a vessel for, you know, sharing products and getting them where they need to go. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't 
apply that context to any other type of business. Like you wouldn't apply that context to a car dealership or a grocery store or, or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so why apply it to our little tiny niche? It just doesn't make sense. No, exactly. And we are as cliche as it sounds, we're stronger together. So absolutely. Absolutely. You have your group of people that you can talk to and, and bounce ideas off of, because if you're just starting a business and you have to order, let's just say a thousand, a hundred thousand pieces of inventory, like that might be overwhelming and you need to talk to somebody who's been down that road that understands. Totally. Totally. And I remember, you know, when I started the business, I did it by myself. I didn't have any, anyone to turn to or ask questions. Um, and I've had moms who are, you know, interested in, in starting their own small shop come to me and say, Hey, would you be interested in sharing how you did this? Or would you be interested in walking me through this process? And, you know, it's, it's so nice to know that they feel comfortable enough to come to me with that. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm sure so many other businesses would be like, no, sorry, figure it out for yourself. Cause yeah. that's what I had to do. And while it is what I had to do, I don't, you know, I don't see why I shouldn't be able to share my experience with somebody. I mean, I'm not going to do it for them. I'm not going to do the process for them, but I can tell them, you know, what I did. No, absolutely. Um, to kind of, before we close off here, um, obviously you've gone through some heartbreak and that is, is putting it very lightly. I think, um, how would you kind of, what piece of advice would you give someone who's maybe either going through the same thing or something similar and how to maybe try to spin it into some kind of positive that they can grow with? Yeah, I, I'm a very, um, strong believer in my faith. Mm-hmm. And so I would say if you're going through something that is just so unbearably painful, look for the signs, mm-hmm. um, really lean into your faith if you have it or meditating or, you know, whatever, whatever is making you feel better. That's healthy. Um, and just keep on keeping on. Cause it, it really does get better in time. Um, and you don't have to forget your pain and your past. Um, just build on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think listening to your gut is the biggest thing um, through everything. Yeah. Your, like your internal voice and your internal instinct um, is never wrong. No, absolutely. So whatever, whatever that's telling you to do, whatever you feel called to do, um, listen to it and don't, don't live in fear of what could happen or what other people might think or whatever, just really lean into that inner voice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What an incredible piece of advice. I feel like there are people, especially at this particular time that we're going through, that might be so trivial um, to just have some positive light to have in your life and to lean on some positive, positive advice and just not try to get bogged down into either whatever someone's going through or the negativity that's obviously going on right now. 
Totally. It's so easy to, I mean, it's so easy to, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I've, you know, I've never done that because I absolutely have. Um, and it's, it's a conscious effort that you have to make every single day. Um, but if you look for the signs, they're always there. Absolutely. No, I agree 100%. Um, closing off, if anybody wants to find you, how can they do that? Yes, you can find us. Um, our website is yourlittledove.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on Instagram. That's kind of our primary place of activity. Um, and our handle is yourlittledove underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group for all of our amazing customers. We call them the flock. Um, so our Facebook group is YLD flock mm-hmm. and you can join us there. Um, it's kind of a great place for like sneak peeks of what's coming, exclusive deals. And it's just overall a great sense of community. Um, and yeah, we have, um, a discount code for new customers. So mm-hmm. if you haven't shopped with us before, you can enter code welcome 10, mm-hmm. um, at checkout for 10% off your first order and we ship worldwide, um, and have all kinds of fun, amazing things and lots of new stuff coming. Amazing. Amazing. Well, honestly, thank you for coming on and being so real and open about, obviously, I know it's your story and I know how, like, that's how your little dove came to be, but that doesn't make it easier to talk about all the time. So I appreciate your realness and rawness. I'm sure that everyone will as well. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to have to get off here and go place an order. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Cindy. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll talk very soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Hey, mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.